Welcome to Season 1 of Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. We are on a discovery journey to activate, grow, and release the voice of God not just for us, but the world around us. We interview guests from all walks of life and backgrounds and how their experiences with God has advanced their path to mastering the prophetic. This season, we're asking guests how the voice of God has helped identify and navigate life through seasons of hardship and crisis and how to even steward a season of success. Come join us now during this conversation. Today, from chapter five, Prophets Who Protect, we're gonna be talking about the Shamar aspect, the protecting aspect, the praying aspect, watchman aspect of the prophet's ministry. And we're beginning to move more uh, from just the prophetic or prophecy, personal prophecy, into more of the prophet's ministry and the prophet's office and what that ministry and how important it is for the local church. And uh, we have a lot of material to cover, so get ready uh, to receive. I've gotten so many testimonies of people, so much encouragement from people that have learned so much, have been stirred, have gotten information, impartation, release, and I really thank God for that. My, my major purpose is to stir up and to activate and to inform people concerning the importance of the prophet's ministry, prophetic ministry, why it's so important to the local church. We're going to look at the, the prophet's ministry. Remember, it's one of the five ministries given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It's a grace gift. In the New Testament, there are prophets named uh, such as Agabus, uh, Judas and Silas were called prophets. Even, even Saul and Barnabas were referred to as either prophets or teachers in Antioch, chap, uh, rather Acts chapter 13 at the church at, at Antioch. So there were prophets in the New Testament, not as many, of course, as in the Old Covenant that are recorded, but there were prophets operating in the church. Now, we're familiar with the pastoral ministry, maybe the evangelistic ministry and the teaching ministry, but many are not familiar with apostolic and prophetic ministries. As a matter of fact, many have just removed them from the church, and they believe in uh, they believe in pastors, evangelists, and teachers, but do not believe that po uh, prophets and apostles are for today. Who prophesies is not a prophet. We're not trying to make everyone a prophet. Everyone can be prophetic. Everyone can prophesy to some degree, either by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Remember Acts 19, when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues and prophesied inspired utterance, speaking by the Spirit of God. And as a believer baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy. There's a spirit of prophecy. There's the gift of prophecy, one of the 12 manifestations mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And you can have that gift. You can be an apostle. You can be an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, or a believer with the gift of prophecy. And then there's the ministry of the prophet, which entails more than just prophesy. Uh, every prophet will prophesy, but prophets do more than prophesy. And everyone who prophesies is not a prophet. So we're not trying to make everyone a prophet. Um, we're simply trying to explain the different aspects of the prophetic ministry. But the prophet's ministry is a, is a, is a five-fold calling. And prophets do more than prophesy. They preach, they teach, they pray. They can be worshiping prophets. They can be, they can be musical prophets. They can be a part of the uh, worship and, and, and the praise and worship of a church. Uh, we can have strong prophets on our praise and worship teams that sing the song of the Lord and prophesy by song or play instruments. Uh, we find that in First Chronicles chapter 25 when David established the tabernacle of David in worship. He established it and set up three prophetic families, the family of Asaph, the family of Heman, and the family of Jedathan, and they were all prophets, uh, those fathers, and they prophesied with the instruments 
and they prophesied in song. So the prophetic affects more than just someone giving someone a word. It can affect the praise and worship of the church, and we, we talked about that uh, in one of the lessons, how important it is to have the prophetic operating in the local church. So you can have prophets in your music ministry. You can have prophets in the church that preach and teach, and you can have prophets that are primarily intercessors and, and watchmen and those who pray. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, prophets who protect, the importance of having prophets in the local church to help guard, uh, to be sentinels, to be watchmen, to be gatekeepers in the house of God, to pray for the flock, to intercede for the flock, to stop any demonic infiltration in the flock to, 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 so the flock will not be devoured. Now, we know that pastors are also watchmen. They watch over our souls, elders, shepherds, um, presbyters, uh, bishops. That, that's all a, a protecting anointing. But often, elders are also prophets. You can have elders that are prophets. You can have a pastor that's a prophet. You can have people in leadership that are prophets. And so often, the prophet's ministry uh, in the church has been neglected and not really emphasized or, or developed. And as a result... Uh, many churches end up uh, really being attacked and hit by the enemy and sometimes even destroyed because of a lack of prophetic intercession. Now, let me just read a scripture. Our basic scripture will be Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. It's talking about the ministry of Moses. Hosea uses uh, this, um, this verse to uh, speak to Israel and remind them of how Moses was a prophet who delivered them out of Egypt, but also through his intercession preserved them from being destroyed. Remember, when, when, when Israel went into the wilderness and began to rebel and disobey, that God's wrath was kindled, and when Moses was in the mount receiving the commandments, they were breaking the commandments in the, in the valley. And God told Moses to get out of the way. I'm going to judge these people because they are stiff-necked, they're uncircumcised in heart, they're rebellious, stubborn. And Moses begins to intercede, and he says, Lord, if you destroy these people, then they're going to, the nations are going to say that you brought them out of Egypt, but you were not able to bring them into the land of promise. And so God, because of the intercession of Moses, Israel was preserved. Israel was about to be judged, but because of Moses' intercession, Israel was preserved. So notice the verse, Hosea 12 and 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. And is referring to the ministry of Moses. Prophets bring deliverance. They help deliver people. I believe the prophetic word uh, can bring deliverance. I believe that prophets, when they minister, can minister strong deliverance and, and really set people free from all kinds of bondage. There's often a strong deliverance anointing uh, on the prophet's mantle. And then it says, by a prophet was he preserved. That word preserved, it, we're going to look at... Um, it means, uh, if you notice on page 67 of the book, God still speaks. The word preserve means to keep from harm, damage, danger, or evil. It also means to protect or to save. In Hebrew, the root word is shamar, S-H-A-M-A-R. The word shamar means to hedge about as with thorns, to guard, to protect, to watch, and to keep. The word shamar is first used in Scripture in Genesis chapter three, uh, chapter two, rather in verse fifteen, where Adam is told to keep or shamar the garden. It is also mentioned in Genesis four nine, where Cain asked God if he is his brother's keeper. The word keeper is shamar. Uh, 
So that word shamar is the word used when it says by, by a prophet did the Lord deliver Israel and by a prophet was he preserved or protected or kept or guarded. Um, and so the prophet's ministry is a guarding ministry. We often hear about the watchman, the gatekeeper, spiritual guards, spiritual sentinels. There are many people in our church that have calls to be prophets and their main function is to pray and to uh, keep eyes open and to really stop the work of the enemy from destroying or dividing or bringing something into a church. Uh, and they do it through prayer and intercession. Now we call them intercessors. We can call them prayer warriors. Nothing wrong with that. Some of them are really prophets. They have a ministry of prayer, a ministry of intercession, and they're really guards. They have discernment. They see things. We can call them seers. They see things. They know things by the Spirit. They know the plans of hell against the church, and they're set in the church by God to guard and protect that church from the attack of the enemy. Pastors need to recognize this gifting and calling, not as one in, in competition with the pastor, but as one important aspect of a ministry in the church. Now, of course, the prophet is not the only ministry in the church. We need evangelists. We need pastors. We need teachers. We need apostles. But we also need prophets. We need people that have this grace and calling uh, to keep and to guard and to help to uh, be sentinels, to be guardsmen, to be keepers, to be watchmen in the house of God. Now let me read about the word shamar. I call them shamar prophets. I use the word shamar quite a bit. And um, it says the word shamar emphasizes the protective element of the prophet's mantle. The pre preserving and guarding aspect of the prophet's ministry is needed in every local church. Many well-meaning pastors have suffered unnecessarily due to the lack of understanding this aspect of the ministry of the prophet. The Shema aspect of the prophet's ministry is one of the most important ones and it will benefit the church greatly. Just as a city would have walls, uh, watchtowers, guardsmen, people on the in, in the watch watching for any any outside attack. The church is like a city. Jesus actually says a city set on a hill cannot be hid. And so cities always had people that will watch, make sure that nothing came in that did not uh, belong there. And so often you hear in the Bible about old covenant prophets were watchmen. As a matter of fact, uh, we find the prophet Habakkuk said that we will, I will stand on my watch or in my watchtower and hear what the Lord says to me. These are important ministries. The ministry of the watchman, the ministry of the, of the guard, the ministry of the sentinel. The local ch church is kept safe through prophetic intercession, prophetic discernment, prophetic praise, prophetic preaching, prophetic teaching, and prophetic worship. This is how the church is best defended. Without a revelation of the Shamar aspect of the prophetic ministry, a local church will suffer from many attacks that can be averted. Each church should identify, develop, and train the Shamar prophets who have been set in the assembly by God. A revelation of the importance of the ministry of Shamar prophets is vital to the success and long-term health of every church. Because the role of Shamar prophets is so important, I would devote most of this chapter and the next one to the explanation of how they can help pastors of churches protect and defend their flocks. First, I want to deal uh, with the watchman. That's a word that's used quite often, especially in the Old Covenant, 
and primarily for the ministry of the prophet, the watchman. On page 69, it says, uh, under the watchman, the word shema means to guard, to keep, to be a watchman. It can refer to guarding a flock, the heart, the mind, a nation, or a city from outside attack or ungodly influences. It is used in reference to keeping, guarding the gates or entries to cities. Each local church needs a prophetic guard. This is, this is not one prophet, but a company of prophets who help guard the church from the invasion of the enemy. Churches that develop the prophetic ministry will have the advantage of being protected through prophetic intercession and the Shamar aspect of the prophetic ministry. Now, I've seen many churches just consumed with carnality, division, lust, perversion, strife, witchcraft, Jezebel, and often uh, churches uh, are divided, sometimes literally destroyed. Uh, local churches, the pastors, leaders, churches, I've seen it over and over again because of a lack of prayer, but especially a lack of prophetic intercession and a lack of watchmen in the church. Often watchmen are there, but they, they're not heeded or paid attention to by the leadership of the house. And it's important that we respect this office and anointing. That doesn't mean that the pastor should listen to everyone who comes with a word saying there's a demon attacking. Because I know some people are paranoid and some people believe there's always a demon attacking the church. But there are times when spirits are uh, infiltrating and destroying churches. It can be control, witchcraft, pride, religion, tradition. Um, it can be uh, strife, division, lust, perversion attacking marriages, attacking families. There can be spirits of death, sickness, infirmity. Sometimes when these things begin to happen because prayer was not uh, done before the attack came, sometimes it, it cannot be averted. And thank God for those who have, who, have, who have the ability to be watchmen in the local church. The word guard to guard means a number of things. It can mean to protect, to watch over, to stand guard over. It means to police, to secure, to defend, to shield, to shelter, to screen, to cover, to cloak, or to preserve. It means to save, to conserve, to supervise, to keep under surveillance or control, to keep under guard, to govern, to restrain, to suppress, to keep watch, to be alert, or to take care. Let me read that definition of guard, a prophetic guard, prophetic watchman. It means to protect, to watch over, to stand guard over, to police, to secure, to defend, to shield, to shelter, to screen, to cover, to cloak, to preserve, to save, to conserve, to supervise, to keep under surveillance or control, to keep under guard, to govern, to restrain, to suppress, to keep watch, to be alert, or to take care. Synonyms for God include protector, defender, guardian, custodian, watchman, sentinel, sentry, patrol, and garrison. These words help to us visualize and define the Shamar aspect of the prophetic ministry. The Shamar components of the prophetic mantle pertain to the prophet's role as a guardian tending to the flock over which he or she has care. It applies to the guardian function of the office, uh, the aspect of prophetic ministry that makes a person like a sentinel or a protector. To shamar a people is to work prophetically, to encircle the people of the church with a divine wall or hedge of protection, or to reseal the gap in the hedge through which the devil has broken in with satanic assaults, attacks, and warfare. Now often, remember, we talk about hedges, 
Um, the Bible says, he that breaks a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. A hedge, of course, is a barrier. It's a, it's a protection from a serpent. But he that breaks a hedge, or when there's an opening, when there's an entry point for the enemy, um, that, that causes the enemy to be able to come in and do damage to, to churches and to, and to local assemblies. Now, look at these examples from the Bible that use the word shamar. That's, again, the word that means to guard, to protect, to watch over. By a prophet was the Lord delivered out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved or shamarred. Um, Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchmen wake it, but in vain. Except the Lord shamar the city. So it means the Lord has to shamar, guard the city. Um, Psalm 130 and verse 6. My soul waited for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. So again, they were, these were watchmen, people who watched for the morning. They, that's the word shamar. Here's a good one, Isaiah 62 and 6. I have said, watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Again, that word watchman means to shamar. I've said watchmen on the walls, speaking to Jerusalem. I've said prophets on your walls that will never hold their peace day or night. They pray, they warn, they guard, they speak out. Song of Solomon, chapter 3 and verse number 3. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, ye see, saw ye him whom my soul loveth. Again, the word watchman is the word shamar, the protector, the guardian, the, the, the one that stands on the wall, the, one, the sentinel, the guard, the protector, the keeper. Now, we can see that watchman duties in the church are accomplished through the, through the prayer intercessions and petitions of the prophet on behalf of the local body of believers. Now, remember, every believer can, can operate to some degree in a shamar capacity. Every believer can pray. And I encourage every believer to always pray for your pastor and pray for your local church. So every believer is prophetic in that sense. But there are people that are, have a, a greater anointing and ability and a calling for this, and often they're in the prophet's office. Uh, such a guard would consist of the prayer team, the special intercessors, uh, dedicated psalmists, seers, and subordinate prophets. It is, is the word shamar that emphasizes the status of the prophets as spiritual guards, uh, warriors, supernatural enforcers, and keepers of the churches of God. Now, when we talk about watchmen, we, we often refer to it, the local church, but also watchmen, we can set in cities, regions, nations. There could be national prophets, national watchmen, regional cities, territories. So it can go much further than the local church. The Lord can set you as a watchman in your city to pray for your city, to help protect your city from the attacks of hell and the attacks of darkness. And we need those kinds of prophetic intercessors and those prophets. When you're set in a city or region, often it's, if, as a prophet, it's for more than just the church. It is also, you have a very, you have a sensitivity to what is going on in that city. God shows you things, you see things, you know things about the spirit, you know the plans of hell, and you're able to pray and to bind and loose and take authority and really stop the plans of hell. Uh, God only knows how many things have been averted in our lives because of the intercession of prophetic people. Prophetic intercession is powerful. Thank God for prayers. I know sometimes bad things happen and we say, well, why, why, why did it happen? Well, it could be a number of reasons. It could be judgment because sometimes the watchman also sees judgment coming and warns the church and blows the trumpet. 
And sometimes judgment cannot be averted because the people will not repent. But the fact is, I, I, we will never know how many things were averted because of watchmen and intercessors, often who are not well known. They're not in public public ministry. They're not on television. They're not, you know, they're not well known, but they, they serve a vital function in the church, in the nation, as spiritual guards, warriors, supernatural enforcers, and keepers of the churches of God. Without the help of the watchmen, pastors cannot take care of their flocks properly. And sometimes pastors have seen their churches devastated because they've not understood the prophetic aspect and recognized the ministry of watchmen and prophets. That's why pastors really, we really need to do better when it comes to identifying the gifts and callings and anointings of God in our local churches and release them. And, and we're not the only ones called by God to function in the church. A, a pastor is not the only one that should be preaching, ministering, praying, functioning. We need others that God joins in our church uh, to function in that capacity too. Without the help of the watchmen, again, pastors cannot properly take care of the flock. As a result, the people of God become open prey to enemy forces. Um, look at Jeremiah chapter 50 and verses 6 and 7. Uh, this was the problem in the days of Jeremiah because of the shepherds not protecting and co covering the flocks. My people have, have been like lost sheep. The shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away from the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them. And the adversary said, we'll fend not. The problem with the shepherds of Jeremiah's day was they would not listen to the prophets who warned them of their slowfulness, their laziness, their carnality, their sin, their rebellion, their adultery. And as a result, the flocks were scattered. And so we need watchmen. We need prophets to even warn us. Uh, if we don't change or do certain things, the flock can be destroyed. Now, let's talk about building a hedge of protection. Additionally, the word Shema identifies a prophet who encircles or surrounds to retain and attend to, as one does a garden. The prophet's spiritual authority acts as a fence or garrison around an assigned congregation to shield it from harm, attack, or demonic trespass. Protection from trespassers as men here, includes protection from the spoilage, destruction, invasion, and threats that result from spiritual and, and human trespasses in the church. Not just spiritual, not just demon, human trespasses. People that enemy will assign to come in the churches and bring disruption and harm. The watchmen are there to guard, to protect, to see, to bind, to stop that from happening. Uh, Psalm 121 verses 4 through 8. Psalm 121 verses 4 through 8. It says, he that keepeth, or the word shamar, keepeth, Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. There's the word shamar again. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve. There's the word shamar again. From all evil, he shall preserve or shamar thy soul. The Lord shall preserve. There were, the word shamar is mentioned again. By going out and by coming in from this time forth, and even forevermore. So the, the Hebrew word shamar is found five times in Psalm 121, verses 4 through 8. The Lord is a keeper. He shamars us. He protects us. The Lord is our keeper and the shade of our right hand. The Lord shall, not, uh, shall preserve or protect, that's shamar, us from all evil. He shall preserve or shamar our souls, our minds, will, and emotions. The Lord shall preserve or shamar thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth 
even forevermore. So notice that the Shema aspect is really the nature of God. The prophet is really uh, manifesting the nature and character of God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. His desire to protect us, to watch us, to preserve the church uh, is manifested through the prophet's ministry. Not pastors also can shamar protect their uh, uh, apostles can shamar and protect uh, evangelists, pastors, all of believers can do it. So it's not limited to the prophet, but prophets by, by nature are seers, they are watchmen, they're sensitive, they're discerning, they have a burden, they're assigned to churches to pray for that church, to pray for that pastor, to pray for that congregation. That's their assignment, that's their calling. We can see from this verse that God shamars his people. God loves his people and protects them. The Shemar aspect of the prophet's ministry is a part of the nature of God. God never slumbers or sleeps. He is always alert. God shamars us from evil or protects us from evil. God shamars our souls, our minds, will, and emotions. God shamars our going out and our coming in or our travels. It is the nature of God to protect. Uh, I believe that the prayer ministry is one of the most important aspects of the local church. You need to have a very strong prayer ministry, a ministry of intercession if you're building a church. And you need to have prophets in that intercession, prophetic intercessors, people who are called to shamar. Now, uh, sometimes this is how you can tell whether uh, the prophet's ministry is most needed in the church. Shamar prophets help. And this is on page 73. And again, I'm reading directly from the book. I'm, I'm encouraging to get God Still Speaks. There's a lot in here on this aspect of the prophet's ministry. Um, here, here is some of the things that the enemy would try to attack a local church with. Uh, accusation, apathy, backbiting, backsliding, betrayal, carnality, compromise, confusion, control, covetousness, death, deception, destruction, disorder, division, even false doctrines, doctrines of devils, false prophets, false apostles, false teachers, uh, false teaching, financial attacks, gossip, greed, idolatry, immorality, um, jealousy, Jezebel, legalism, lukewarmness, pride, rebellion, sickness, slander, slowfulness, strife, treachery, witchcraft. I mean, these are things that churches can be de devastated by. And God wants our churches to be whole, healthy. He does not want us to suffer from these things. And so the prayer ministry is an important part of really praying for the church, praying for the leaders, the elders, the marriages, the members, the children, every aspect. Of, of, of church life uh, needs to be uh, prayed. Let me let me go to um, problems on page 75, problems that can occur without the prophet's prayer ministry, without prophetic intercession. Um, on page 75 at the bottom, sometimes it is not enough to talk only about what we what should be. Often we, we, on, we only become convinced of a need when we look at the compelling needs around us. In a local assembly, problems such as the following reveal the gaping holes in the defenses of the church or the walls or the gaps or the broken hedges. Without an operational shamar anointing, these problems are all too common. Accidents, apathy, attacks on the pastor and his family, backsliding, broken relationships, church splits, confusion, conspiracies, control and domination, divorces and separations, failures in leadership, moral failure, false brethren, false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, false teaching error or heresy, family problems, financial setbacks, hindrances, blockages or obstructions, immorality, infighting and division, 
loss of anointing, manipulation, occultists, people leaving the church, premature death, sickness, stagnation, unexplainable sicknesses and illnesses, warlocks, witches, wolves entering the flock. And so these are things that often churches suffer because of a strong, a lack rather of a strong operational shamar prophetic intercessory anointing and a strong prayer ministry headed up by prophets who are also seers and watchmen. So this is a very important aspect of guarding, protecting the church. Now, uh, it's important that we don't become paranoid or afraid. Um, it's, it's, it's an anointing. It's a grace that God has put in the church, the prophet. Remember, one of the things that prophets do is they warn. We find in the book of Acts, one of the major prophets was Agabus. Uh, he gives two warnings in the book of Acts. He warns, first of all, of a famine that was coming to prepare the church, and the famine did come. And then he also, when he, was, when, he, when he came from Jerusalem, he grabbed Paul's girdle, his garment, and began to prophesy that whoever owns this girdle, when he gets to Jerusalem, the Gentiles are going to bind him and take him a prisoner. He was warning Paul of what was about to take place. So watchmen, are war they, they can warn us of things. They can help us. They can protect us from things the enemy is trying to do or things that we're not aware of. They can see in the spirit realm. Now, again, I am not advocating paranoia. I'm not advocating prophets. All they do is see bad things and negative things. Because prophets can see good things as well. I don't want to get too much into the negative aspect, but there is a reality. There are demons and devils, and there are plans of hell against churches, and especially the pastor, his family, the finances of a church, the marriages of a church. The enemy hates the church. He'll do anything in his power. But God has given us a supernatural grace and anointing through the prophet's ministry or the, or the, or the uh, ministry uh, of the prophet that gives us uh, protection. Now let me go to page 84, and I'm skipping some things. There's a, there's a lot in these two chapters, chapter 5 and chapter 6, but these are some things that we need to pray about or prophetic intercession. I believe that the prophetic, again, it affects every area of the church. Not only will people begin to prophesy, but not only will you have prophetic preaching, prophetic teaching, inspiration of preaching and teaching, but also it affects the worship. One of the main areas it really affects when you begin to raise the prophetic water level of a church, begin to teach on it, begin to release it, begin to activate it, begin to recognize this gifting. It really affects the intercession. Our prayer ministry becomes more prophetic. Uh, we pray prophetically. We have insight into the plans and purposes of God to pray for a church's future, its destiny. And we also have insight into what the enemy is trying to do. Prophetic protection is very important. It's one of the primary functions of a Shema prophet. Uh, each area of a church should be covered by prophetic intercession. This includes the following. Of course, the pastor, apostle, or set man, the elders, the presbytery, the bishops, the prophets and prophetic teams and intercessors need to also pray for each other because the enemy will actually try to come in and destroy the prophetic ministry because it's such a, uh, a barrier against what he, what he wants to do. The praise and worship teams, minstrels, psalmists, the deacons, the pastors, the shepherds, the teachers, doctors, instructors, the evangelists and evangelistic teams, the helps ministry, the administrators or governments, the dance teams, the youth ministry, the children's ministry, the business ministry, the finances, the missions ministry, the media outreach, the new believers, new members, married couples, the unmarried men and women, uh, widows, families. Prophetic intercession also includes prayer for the release of church growth, deliverance, evangelism, favor, gifts of the Holy Spirit, glory, healing, holiness, humility, love, miracles, uh, peace, prosperity, uh, property, prophecy, prophetic worship, prosperity, 
protecting angels, revelation, salvation, signs and wonders, strength, unity, and wisdom. And so we're going to talk more about the Shemar aspect when we get into them being a gatekeeper or standing in their ward. We, we find the prophet's ward. Let me just read this verse to you, Isaiah 21 and 8. We'll, 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 we'll follow up on this and do more teaching uh, in the next uh, session. But notice what Isaiah 21 8 said. This is Isaiah. My Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I'm set in my ward whole nights. We're going to talk about the prophet's ward or whether where the Lord has assigned the prophet. Ward is an interesting word. In Hebrew, it is the word mishmereth, meaning a watch, the sentry, the post, preservation, office, ordinance, a safeguard. It is from the root word mishmar, meaning a guard. The prophet Isaiah was set in his ward, W-A-R-D, ward. Set in, in, in the, the set is the word natsab, meaning to station, a pillar. Since a ward is a means of defense or protection, and ward is the root of the word warden, and since a warden is a person who guards or has charge of something, prophets are spiritual wardens. They have been set in particular assigned positions, and they help guard and protect the house of the Lord from the enemy. Many local churches have been defenseless against the enemy because they do not have prophets stationed in their wards. Not only must local churches have prophetic wards established to preserve the church from the attacks of the devil, but also the prophets must station themselves in their respective wards like spiritual superintendents. They must watch and pray to fortify the church, protecting the church from spiritual infiltration. The prophet was set in his ward whole nights. I believe this can be a reference to all night prayer, being a, an effective way of preventing the enemy from infiltrating the church. We are on the final months of 2022. Don't go into another year without hearing the voice of God. Go to www.impactuniversity.com to download your free copy of our brand new Master the Prophetic devotional to help you hear the voice of God for your now season and your future. Feel free to text us your questions on the prophetic, deliverance, or any other subject at 773-923-0451. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.